0: Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to
1: head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News
2: Radio. Let's get our Counterpoint guests in. We got Melissa Lanceman over at Hill and Knowlton Strategies and someone who worked in the Ford War Room, so you would understand this budget better than anyone. Hello. Hello. And John Dwyer, director over at Arius Technology. You have the business background to kind of be able to pick this thing apart. Hello.
0: I also worked in politics too, but okay. it's not as tough as Melissa is, so I had to get out.
2: There you go. Well, yeah, you're pretty political. So we got a conservative budget, and uh, it's not really all that conservative. So I, you know, a lot of, you know, strategists like yourself will say, Melissa, you do the bad stuff in the first year because then the dust can settle, um, you know, down the road. But this is a centrist budget. It is not at all what I think the fearmongers thought it was going to be. Um, So strategically, it may be very smart for Ford, but what is the strategy here? Because as a fiscal conservative, I'm like, well, where's the austerity?
1: Well, look. I think that you have um, you have a budget today that actually gives you uh, a path to balance, um, and one that the government calculated that they needed to take. Uh, you know, cutting cutting in terms of services, in terms of you know what they say, what matters most in healthcare, and education, uh, frankly, isn't popular. So you're going to have to find other areas in the government, uh, um, frankly, where there's waste. And this one is more about sort of the transformational change that the government is looking at um, going forward. And those are, uh, you know, those are those are looking at business support programs. Those are looking at, you know, how we deliver services in Ontario. And I think you'll see a lot of changes in the in the four years that are signaled in this budget.
2: I want to uh, play you uh, before I come to you, John, for your opinion, I want to play you of the opposition uh, NDP leader, uh, Andrea Horvath, her reaction to the budget uh, she got, which is nothing of the budget I saw, but we'll, we'll get her reaction to it.
1: It might be news to Doug Ford, but Ontarians know this province belongs to us all, not just the wealthy or the folks who have an inside track with the Premier. We should be investing in the services that families count on, not kicking vulnerable people
2: when they're down. I have no idea what budget she saw. I mean, if anything, John, fiscal conservatives should be more annoyed than the opposition because the the spending went up by $5 billion in both health and education. This this is not the draconian, henny-penny-the-sky-falling budget we were told it would be.
0: Yeah, if I ever hop on your show and, and care about what Andrew Horvath says, please don't invite me back, um, <laughs> that considered, I think, This is a very unique opportunity for people to understand that what Doug Ford is doing is listening to people. You know, everybody conflates the idea that conservative governments, not the least of which in Canada but in many other countries around the world, Tend to uh, rule uh, in, in a in a vacuum that doesn 't necessarily consider the pressures that they feel from 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 uh, public outcries and, and i don 't actually think that that is the true definition of, of of actually creating adequate policy under a conservative government or regime, nonetheless I think what what 's happened here is really. Quite astonishing, and to be applauded, education spending is up eleven percent. Health care spending increases by more than five percent compared to last year 's liberal plans. Everybody right now is parading around uh, not everybody it 's not fair to say, but a lot of folks and I happen to uh, be married to a, a teacher who I think is uh, what was her I,
2: what I, was like, her reaction did you, Did she react to this budget
0: uh, It would be unfair for me to to. to, to okay. Uh, to to do that. But what I can say is I have a lot of friends who are teachers and uh, and I have a lot of people around me that are affected by, uh, you know, the outcome of this budget. And I think that they thought it was going to be far more punitive than it was as it relates to cutting the budget to teachers. And frankly, I think all of them need to take a sobering moment, check their emotional predilections and actually say, you know what? this government has Ontarians in mind. And Andrea Horvath's comments, like they always are, just silly and she's just trying to get some attention. But right. Doug Ford's doing the right thing here.
2: Well, look I, look, I think I think they could have gone further in some of the austerity. Um, you know, maybe they're factoring in a recession, could be coming. But again, uh, the unions tonight, uh, Melissa uh, Sam um, Hammond of the OS, uh, ST, OSTTF is already saying. They're already out there saying, no, no, no. This is a hidden agenda. There are going to be cuts. You just wait. Um, This did not, I don't think, go the way that they wanted. And yet we know that they've got contract negotiations coming up. So they got to spin something.
1: Absolutely. And, and look, I think Andrea Horvath, uh, before she came up and did her, uh, uh, press conference, I think she had that speech written. Of I think course. she had it written in a way, uh, you know, that, that, uh, that she believed that there was going to be sort of like the slash and burn, uh, budget. She didn't get that and she didn't change her, uh, speech. This is, you know, frankly, this is a, this is a, uh, a budget that invested in, um, you know, t- uh, child, uh, child care access tax credit, uh, you know, dental care for seniors uh that lift tax credit which is the low income individuals and uh and families re- receiving 2 billion you know you can say what you want about this budget but it has a lot of goodies you know the the massive amount of money for uh uh for transit uh, is, is also in there in terms of uh, uh, in terms of, of of making Ontario open for business that's one of the uh, that's one of the tenants here creation uh, creating uh, investment incentives for uh, for businesses to grow this is really going to be a hard one to attack well uh, let, let me stop you there for- because
2: I've heard comments from you I mean and strategists like yourself will say normally in a budget you put the good stuff out first that'll it'll dull the the harm that people will feel from from a budget that might not be favorable to them. But we got a a really, I think, exciting, you know, cautiously optimistic budget uh, announcement for transit, which is really exciting if it happens. And we didn't get the draconian cuts. So they put a lot of good stuff out in the front. There may be fine print I'm not seeing here.
1: Well, you certainly got a reduction in spending, uh, you know, uh, in terms of all ministries across the board, with the exception of of, of health and education, which the government, uh, you know, has decided are its priorities. You know, I think John is right. The government here has laid out its priorities, its political priorities, and if you're, you know, if you're if you're in them, you certainly get an increase. You certainly see better frontline services. Uh, you know, and if you're not, uh, then I think the devil's in the details, and I, that will start to uh, to come out in terms of which programs are not going to be funded. But I think they're going to be smart and strategic about it.
2: John, <laughs> let me let me play you. I want to play you a bit of audio from um, from uh, Liberal Adam Vaughn. Because he was sent down.
1: Delighted to hear
0: what Adam.
2: Okay, yeah, because he was sent down by the Trudeau government. Clearly, they wanted to know what Mr. Ford was uh, going to be releasing. But here was his reaction to the uh, budget.
0: What's clearly the game plan here is to pretend they're cutting nothing for a few months, and then slaughter program after program after program after program. And this is the new conservative playbook: don't campaign on anything but anger, and then make general cuts in the budget, and then wait for the politically opportune time to sneak him in in the middle of the night.
2: There you go. So we're going to slaughter, uh, we're slaughtering and there's this hidden agenda. That's that's clearly what they're going to spin. Yeah, Adam Bond is the political
0: equivalent of Bush League baseball. Like, I, I, if I heard less of that guy, I'd be much happier. Nonetheless, um, I, I completely disagree with him. Look, th- this is a very, very difficult issue to tackle, and the issue we're talking about here is how to balance the largest sub-sovereign borrower in the world. Ontario's twice the dead of California. Uh, I can quote um, uh, uh, many economists, not the least of which being Jackman, uh, um, that, that uh, will tell you that Ontario cannot continue to spend in the way that it currently does, given the fact that we have an ever-growing population, uh, a growing demographic of folks over the age of 65 years old. The Liberals have this tendency to spend and make you feel good about yourself, hence all of their policy. And, and I would suggest that the new version of conservatism is being witnessed in what Doug Ford's budget illustrated today, which is it's not about necessarily looking for austerity. And we know that we need to continue to spend money on education and healthcare. The fact that there was an increase in the, in the education budget and they actually got to pull that off, to me, is mind-blowing. I don't even know where that money is going to come from. And, and, and to your point earlier, Alex, the more austere fiscal conservatives, myself included, are wondering where this cash comes from Mm -hmm. because we have to reconcile the fact that money, quite literally, does not grow on trees. So um, I want to have the best education. My kid goes to public school and will continue to. I think Ontario public schools are tremendous. And I think Liberals did a great job at building the public school system. However, they did it (laughs) without any recognition for for, for what it costs.
2: Yeah, look, I think education kind of is on a decline that needs to be fixed. But again, we come back to the huge costs of of salaries and pensions and all the rest of it. That's not going into the the kids. Let's talk a little bit um, about... uh, um, I wanted to talk about the business aspect. There was at one point... uh, um, businesses expected to get, I guess, a 1% tax, corporate tax cut. That was something that was expected, but there is no business tax cut. But what there is, is a tax credit, John, um, that will help businesses. Your thoughts on that?
0: Uh, I mean, that and $4 will get you a cup of coffee at Starbucks. Uh, I, I think on the aggregate, yeah, it does have some sort of valuable impact. But
2: Apparently this well, came from the Chamber of Commerce. This is what businesses wanted. They wanted to tax credit what they could do with what they wanted.
0: Yeah, and, and we are not in a position where we can be reducing taxes in any front. Mm-hmm. And I say that as a conservative, so that's super tough. Um, uh, it, it makes me cringe. Nonetheless, uh, I, I think it symbolically is quite lovely, um, but I think meaningfully it offers very little in the way of something that is going to, Help businesses. I am uh, officer and director uh, of a company that has assets around the province, uh, and I can tell you that um, businesses do need to help a government. And uh, but but uh, you know, I think as it relates to the hat that I'm currently wearing on th- this discussion that we're having, uh, I-, I understand how difficult this decision would be for uh, any government, not the least of which the government that that, that has to reconcile the debts that Ontario has to try and give something that is a meaningful cut to small businesses, I would suggest uh, sorry, I would say I would I would describe this as more symbolic than a real win for, for businesses in any way.
2: Albeit they have really reduced regulations and, um, and you know, cutting uh, the cap and tra- cap and trade and all that stuff. They have they have done a lot of stuff for and, business. And, as, lo-
0: as long yeah. as Justin Trudeau doesn't get rid of our capital gains exemption for investors and things of that nature, you'll, con- you'll continue to see small cap and medium cap businesses thrive. Yeah. We've got it. We've got an incredible broker network and a, and a number of people, not the least of which here in Toronto, that are participating in businesses. And that's where you're gonna find stimulation happening as it relates to these companies growing and having access to capital.
2: I do wanna ask you this though, Melissa, because it's clear that um, two liberal MPs were sent down by Ottawa uh, to see what Doug Ford was up to today. And I've noticed a couple of things in the last 24 hours. What I'm not hearing is them crapping all over this transit announcement, which clearly maybe they did polling overnight and uh, realized, yeah, we cannot be seen standing in the way of something that people are all of a sudden excited about. But the other thing is, if they were planning on, uh, from a strategic level, campaigning um, against sheer using and whipping up fear from what Ford did to Ontario, that strategy, I think, fell apart today
1: absolutely i I think you've hit the nail on the head i I think the liberals federally had a big plan to to frame uh you know uh Doug Ford as big bad scary you know you're gonna get austerity if you vote for conservatives in uh, in Ontario you just get more doug Ford. and I think they have to go back to the drawing board uh because it's it's really hard for them to attack this budget i You heard adam Vaughn uh yesterday go off on uh, on transit and hes certainly he certainly um you know changed his tune or is not saying anything anymore cuz again you're you're absolutely right that the federal government and the city of Toronto can't be standing in the way of uh, of what's arguably the most ambitious transit plan frankly Toronto's uh, ever seen so they're going to have to they're going to have to pony up one way or another
2: but at the same point, they're also going to have to pony up because the, the city, the, the province of Ontario, John, does not run around the city of Toronto. It's a big part. And I get it. They've And we've got to get people moving. It has yeah. to happen. Uh, but they also have to make sure that there's something in this for, uh, for all Ontarians as far as transit.
0: For sure. Uh, the, the sovereignty exists and, and will continue to. And I think Melissa is absolutely right. We, we, we've got to continue to re- recognize that. This budget is not something to be uh, scoffed at, and, and it's most certainly not something for liberals to, oh, sorry, uh, for conservatives to feel disappointed in, or to feel as though it's a departure from uh, what they expected from the Ford government. In my opinion, uh, this is an opportunity for other folks out there, uh, and, and not just considering the, the leaps and bounds we're going on the transport side, but for, for folks that uh, have a, a liberal leaning or otherwise who just dislike Doug Ford for the fact that he's Doug Ford and, and for all of the, um, the, the what we'll be calling the marketplace, the pump behind uh, the idea that, that he's uh, not representing the, the interests of, of the everyday Ontarian. This budget represents the interest of ontarians in my opinion and i would love for somebody to call into your show later or call you tomorrow and tell me i'm wrong than any budget that i have seen since dalton mcginty's been elected and and, and therein in his successor it, it, this is a big win for ontario and and it, it's a it's a huge opportunity we are a province that went hat in hand to the federal government for time immemorial and the city of toronto did the exact same thing as did all the other constituency of municipalities across this great province and we are finally at a turning point and i think we need to look at it that way i think this budget is is really a, a hallmark moment uh for the province
2: yeah look i mean i have my issues with it of wanting to go a little further with austerity however i, I was i was surprised and i have to think um melissa that uh, andrew shears probably breathing a sigh of relief because you know, Justin Trudeau has to turn these polling numbers around. He is running 12 points at least behind Mr. Shear in Vote Rich 905 Ontario. And that is a big problem. That is Ford Nation. Uh, and that support's not going anywhere. And so I think probably Sheer is, is who's now being called openly, you know, a neo-Nazi. I mean, the whole Liberal Party federally is now openly calling conservatives, uh, you know, they're they're posing this white nationalist Nazism, um, you know, campaign, which I think is a very stupid and foolish campaign. But again, uh, it's problematic for Trudeau what's happened here today with the budget.
1: Well, absolutely. I mean, this budget certainly doesn't make it easier in a in a region. You said it yourself in the 905, where he's had some trouble uh, even before. Uh, you know, he spent eight weeks uh, lying to Canadians about uh, uh, about SNC Lavalin. Uh, this is a big problem. I mean, not only has Justin Trudeau uh, uh, suffered real brand damage uh, from the perspective of, of liberals, you know, him being everything that you potentially, you know, wanted or voted for, um, you know, but this doesn't make it easier. A, a reasoned, measured approach to uh, to bringing Ontario back to sort of fiscal sanity uh, doesn't make it easier for Justin Trudeau. It doesn't make it easier for his $20 billion overspending mm-hmm.
2: uh, uh,
1: budget, and it doesn't make it easier, you know. John can tell you that the the Liberal budget had you know zero in it in terms of competitiveness. So yeah, in terms well, of we
2: do not even talk about it. We're not yeah. even talking about it. Yeah. In terms of attracting
1: and, and, business, it's uh it's a tough one. In terms of attracting uh, voters, it's even tougher for Justin Trudeau.
0: But but and, and that that's such an important distinction to make. What Justin Trudeau is trying to do is create spin, and 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 he has has maj- you know magically done it uh, when he was elected, uh um uh, you know. And, and what he did was manipulate and, in my opinion, exploit the idea uh, around feminism and the inclusion of minorities into uh, any number of uh, dialogues around what kind of just, uh, I, I should say, what were kind of uh, constituted being like the new Canada. and.
2: He he exploits
0: it. That's all he's doing. And but he also, he, but does, he
2: also but he also painted Stephen Harper as a dark. Hold on, he he did he did exploit kind of you know he played upon Stephen Harper being an evil evil hidden agenda guy. Exactly. People were tired of him. But I think he's made a very big mistake going on this campaign. And I said something about it on Twitter because I find this deeply irresponsible of any politician trying to play a politics identity politics, playing with this issue of white nationalism and neo nazism and painting. You know, essentially calling ha- a large portion of Canada neo Nazis. I think it's dreadful.
0: Call it what it is; it's fear mongering. Yeah, but it's dangerous. I-, I totally agree. It's dangerous. Um, I mean, uh, Melissa, I'd love to hear your opinion Look, on this, but this is. I-
1: this is a government that has virtue signaled its entire three and a half years in uh, in Ottawa uh, and they're you know they're grasping at the straws to keep that brand alive he's not a feminist he doesn't care about sort of indigenous uh, reconciliation he's kicked you know two prominent women out of uh, out of cabinet he spent the better part of 65 days arguing or, or frankly lying about his role in the uh, in the SNC scandal this is grasping at straws so when you don't know what to do you call somebody a white supremacist and I think Canadians will see right through that
2: so they're not going high this election I thought they were going to be a positive uh, I guess that's not happening oh well All right, guys I gotta leave it there I'm very heavy but I'm very thankful I appreciate you joining me thanks a lot that is John Dwyer and Melissa Landsman joining us today interesting day it is an interesting time in politics absolutely no question on Point on Global News Radio
0: You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.
2: Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine Podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the great white north and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective.